You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! Wild. And sometimes normal. On this episode, I'm joined by John Kerwin. John is the author of the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. John got into the conspiracy game later in life, and it cost him his family. A self-proclaimed normie who was going about his business when he stumbled upon the truth. Finding out the Federal Reserve was not a federal agency led John down a red pill rabbit hole. With a lifetime of preaching the gospel under his belt, he did what he thought was best. Tell everybody. Well, his family wasn't ready for Truth Bomb City and decided it was best to part ways. John leaned on his faith to get him through hard times and wrote this book to help others. This book is for people who know the truth and face being ostracized. How can you put on a happy face at the dinner table and go on about nail polish and the latest TV show when we're lied to about everything? And you thought Jake and Elwood had a tough mission from God. John and I cover it all. His red pill journey, shadow governments, our patriots in control, the United States as a corporation and how to break free, and even the Mandela effect. John is a wealth of knowledge and went from being a red pill observer to leading the charge and regaining his sovereignty and spreading the truth worldwide. Give John a follow and let him know you heard him on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey? Escape the city and move to the suburbs? Finally purchase a vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email McCoach at kw.com. Are you looking for CBD for your pet? My friends at Pure Pet Wellness have what you need. They use the highest quality ingredients. While other companies may use synthetic oils in their CBD, Pure Pet Wellness uses organic ingredients. Organically grown hemp, organic coconut oil, organic shea butter, organic beeswax, and that's just to name a few. A family-owned and operated company that also offers fast shipping. Go to purepetwellness.com for all your pet's CBD needs and use the discount code WILD and WEIRD at checkout. That's wild, A-N-D, weird. Treat your animal right. Go to purepetwellness.com. Welcome to another episode of Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian, and today my guest is John Kerwin. He's the author of The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. Welcome, John. Hey, great to be here, Brian. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. I think you're a fascinating person with a great story to tell. Yeah, I, I hope to think so. <laughs> yeah, let's dive into it, John. Let's talk no about your doubt, book. No doubt. Yeah. What's going on? Well, your name of your podcast certainly tells it all. Wild, weird, and bizarre, and unpredictable, and what's next? It seems to be another rabbit hole around every corner, doesn't it? Oh, everything's always falling apart and we're finding the truth in it. It is crazy. Mm. Well, 
you know, the uh, the journey is a difficult one for many of us, finding out things that most people don't find out and don't want to know uh, makes it very difficult when you find out the moon landing is fake or 9-11 was fake and your spouse and children don't find it out. This creates relational brick walls that I found was universally the same. Not everybody's experience is the same. Mine ended up in divorce after 24 years of marriage and fortune. And so, you know, I'm a content creator on YouTube. I have a channel called Wake Up or Else. I do a biblical analysis of the Mandela effect. And I've been doing that for seven years. So I've interacted with tens of thousands of truthers. And what I found was that my experience isn't uncommon at all. I've probably talked to over 200 people that have been divorced by their spouse because they found out what's obvious, you know, pick, pick a conspiracy theorist topic. There's plenty of them. And it only takes one to bring an incredible division. There's so many people got divorced over the shot, the vaccine. That, that, that brought was divorce. very divisive. That was, you know, that, that's a tough one. Yep. So it's it's what the book is about. So the book is not to convince people that the moon landing is fake or 9-11 is fake. And it's not to try to convince the normal person that we're crazy. Those are the two types of conspiracy theorist books. This book is actually for somebody that knows that the moon landing is fake. And your spouse and your children don't. See, there's basically two kinds of groups. There's what we call the unconvinced or the normie, and their their guiding rule, their their characteristic is they don't know these things and they don't want to know them. Okay, what happens to us though is we're bouncing along, we're just the same as them. But something I don't know, man. It's just like um, God taps you on the shoulder and he's like, "Hey, did you notice that the lunar lander looks like it's made of cardboard and curtain rods?" You know, <laughs> or Hey, did you notice the boats don't go over the curve? Or, you know, for me, it was the Federal Reserve wasn't federal. That was my entry point into the rabbit hole. And when what, was happened, this? what year is this? It was uh, seven years ago that happened. Okay. So it's that 2016? Yeah. Something okay. around that. Yep. Well, what happens when you first, the veil gets pulled back, right? You get a glimpse of the matrix. A lot of us do the same thing. We say this well, if that's not true, what else isn't true? And so what that right there is the genesis of the truther. That's when you're born again. That's when you, you start to question officialdom. That's the core quality of the, of the truther. And that's totally different than the normie. The normie says, I don't know and I don't want to know because they want their happy life. They don't want these things disrupting their plans. And so they turn a blind eye. And become fascinated with the fact that we live in the Truman Show. We also get in touch with our destiny because a lot of these topics are bad news. And so we have a sense of duty. And then we also have a sense of self-preservation because these people that run the world are psychos. And it's up, you know, it upends your whole life. And you meanwhile, everybody around you is just doing life. And they can't relate to what you're, what you're going through. And uh, so my interaction with all these people, I mean, I get a post almost three times a week. I will get either a post or an email. My kids don't talk to me anymore. 
this is not rare. And so that's what the book is about. It's a it's a guidebook for persecuted truthers to help you figure out how am I going to ma- navigate disrespected, abandoned, misunderstood, rejected, and then treated one day after about three years. And my wife was in the sunroom with the pastor, the assistant pastor, and the deacon. They had an intervention. And they, they, she was saying, I need medication. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. was this, I mean, hey, all the rabbit holes you're talking about, I, you know, I feel like I collect these things like baseball cards. Like I can speak on most of them, seen evidence for them. And I agree with probably, you know, the vast majority of them. But yeah. where, and I, I get it, breaks up, I, this is, a, you know, terrible for you that this happened. But like, was this just because it was a, a flood of this new knowledge that you knew that you were trying to share? Is this like what was causing the yeah. issue? How does like, this happen? Did, like, where were the baby steps of like, hey, hon, did, do you, you want to watch Oliver Stone's JFK? Like, this is just proving that the official narrative isn't real. And yet that's like mainstream Hollywood. You know, maybe you could like, you know, yes. dip your toe in the water kind of. Where, where was that right. moment for you? Though? Like, why'd you jump into the Federal Reserve? And next thing we're, we're on all of it. Did I lack diplomacy? Did I fire hose them? Of course, the normie and um, the truther sometimes doesn't handle finding out that they live in the Truman Show. I mean, if you watch the Truman Show movie, he had to try to figure out how to get out. And every time he tried to go down a road after he realized he was in a TV studio, they'd throw up a roadblocks would come up, fire would come up. So the matrix doesn't treat people well that find out they're in a matrix. It's we have, we have part Truman show and then we're, we're filled with normies and then like the NPCs who just yeah. go through life and you're not even sure <laughs> if they're there, you know, if they interact and then if they're interacting with your, your normie, they're just dragging them further, you know, like just, locking that chain a little bit tighter on them so they can never come to an understanding uh, some of these topics i mean are are hard to wrap your head around or uncomfortable yeah. to talk about to jab which call it that so don't get taken off anywhere like that's that's really hard for people you can still see now that there's people really divided on that but a lot of the data that comes out is showing you probably should lean one way and now if you're not happy that you know maybe you were you were lied to and you got in line for that like i i get that but being mad at people for showing you documents for showing you freedom of information act stuff showing that you know the korean war was we we got into that on false pretenses you know all of these things that are historically proven and accurate they don't go over so well let alone you start getting into flat earth or moon landing or skin suits things like that you know yep 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 all right but i didn't really answer your question so in my research what i found is i was surprised and relieved to find out how many people had been divorced Okay, now first of all, what I noticed is truthers have never, I've never heard anybody tell me that they went to their normie spouse and said, if you don't talk to me about these things I've discovered, I can't have a relationship with you. We don't do that. But what we are told constantly is if you don't stop talking about these crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. My wife told me that, my daughter told me that, and my son told me that. Okay. So that's very telling. Now, did I say too much? Sure. Do uh, people become obsessed? Uh, Sure. But my position is if you're in a burning building, you should be obsessed. 
That's the correct response to finding out you're in mortal danger, which is what we are in. All right. So then there's a, a that's the majority, not some, but the majority of marriages that are mixed marriages. So you got a truth or a normie are either in a very tenuous, vacuous state where they're just suing for peace and they're coexisting because they're in two different worlds, man, or they're divorced. That's most marriages. If you got a hardline normie, now, if you have a, there's another type of normie where they have grace. And this is what I call some. Some are like that. And what they are like is like, okay, you can have your little obsession, and I love you, and I care about you, and we're not going to break up. But if you talk to me too much about it, I'll let you know. Okay. And then there's a few who are fortunate enough to be married to another truther. Now, there's one more category, which is kind of weird. This is the truther that knows all these things, but they don't care. And they coexist. But for most of us, the whole family circles the wagons against somebody that finds these things out, and it's hell on earth. Because you're basically told, shut up or else. Because I talked for three years, you know, and then and, and then I went silent. You know, I got the message, okay, I'll observe your boundary. For two years, I said nothing. And I'm a father and a husband, and I would just go to the dinner table, and I would just eat my meal, and I was what I called happy dad. I talked about fun, fun seasons in the sun, movies, play dates, bowling, you know, hair, nails, whatever whatever it is you want to talk about. I don't really talk about God, you know, because I was in the ministry 10 years full-time, lay ministry, 20 years, so I'm coming from a biblical worldview, I'm trying to raise my family, and I find out all these things, and they don't want to hear it. I'm a buzzkill. Okay. Two years, it didn't matter. I was still a kook. I was a pariah, and eventually I was at to leave. I didn't leave. I was asked to leave, and that that is the pathway, and Jesus called it. He said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword and I will pit family members together, and the members of your own household will be your enemies. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, that's tough. I have yeah. a brother, Buster, and he's he's kind of in the same boat as me. Like we we have like a lot of shared interest on this, uh-huh. and you know I think my other siblings kind of just look at us like we all get along, so that's great. Uh, yeah. But like they look at us like you guys might be a little wild. But when like the backable facts come out and we're like hey like we said this and like this is now proven true this isn't just us off talking like crackpot stuff you know but like i think like we're reeling the back in a little bit you know to where yeah. they they see and and tolerate some of the stuff so but i think that's good that in in my life i've had somebody bounce these ideas off of and then like if we're in like group conversations it, it might come up or whatever you know whatever it might be if we don't start talking about 9-11 or you know whoever and it's it's not have this like strong as strong pushback so I, I feel, I, I really feel, I, I, I don't know, like bad. I, I, this isn't like, I, I'm pitying you. This, like, I just feel bad that like this conversation did not work out for you. Like the fire hose meth- method. Like I've also kind of been grown up with, with this a little bit. Like we talked about aliens at the dinner table or, you know, like my dad loved uh, close encounters of the third kind. So we would talk about that even yeah. maybe not as truth, but as an abstract idea than the JFK movie. And like my dad really was into the whole JFK thing. So like that just kind of helped us as like we went along, like to just wake up one day and have all this in front of you. I, I don't even know how that works. Well, there's that's a great point. There's one other 
thing to consider in this, in other words, how are you going to handle finding out these incredibly volcanic things? Um, it depends on your personality. And are you young or old? What's your status in the family unit? Are you the husband or the wife? Are you financially secure or are you guys broke? Are you outgoing or are you shy? Okay, because I'm wired to be a teacher. I was, I've, my, I've been a sales professional my whole life. I was in the ministry. I'm a preacher. You're not going to shut me up. I'm on a mission, man. I'm here to make a difference. And I find out the Bible's supernaturally changing to fulfill end times prophecy. That's what the Mandela effect is to me. It's the most important event in the church age. And I was told, basically, I have to recant. I can't go over here and on my own, you know, on my own time, outside the home, and make videos to confront the evil of the world. That had to be, you know, given up. And I'm like, with all due respect, I wouldn't ask that of you to be in the relationship. So the answer is no. So I, I said no. I chose destiny over human need. And it's, I mean, I cry every day. So I can't wish this on anybody, but there's as they have integrity. You know, you find out that NASA and the media are bold-faced lying to all of humanity. And all of your history is, you know, you find out about Tataria and the whole history is nonsense. These are true. It matters, baby. <laughs> it matters a lot. <laughs> so as you're presenting this stuff, I know, you know, it was be happy, dad, you know, the be the shut up husband, just sit there and, and just be normal. Like, why can't you be normal? Like, what, what, like, why can't you just yeah. interact like everyone else in the world? Yeah. It, has there been eventually, you, you know, flat earth is it proven? I mean, some people, you know, I've, I've watched way too many videos on it. I've listened to way too many podcasts on it, but like, is it definitively proven? Like, you know, we can go back and forth on that. It's hard to show somebody, you know, if they're like, Oh, Hey, look, you know, look at the space station, look at all these things, which, you know, I understand all that. Yeah. But with, uh, we can just go back to the shots. You know, the data coming out showing, you know, maybe not great. Does your family come back a little bit? Is there any is there any door open for that? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So this is a great thing. Uh, it's raining red pills now. I mean, half of the things that my wife divorced me over are now out in the open. Like, you can still find thousands of articles from Psychology Today saying things like conspiracy theorists believe that there's a there's a secret cabal running things from the shadows okay that's a narrative that's out there that anybody that believes there's there's a deep state uh is a conspiracy theorist kook nutjob that operates on the fringes society trafficking in the dark corners of the internet living in their mom's basement okay now you have trump and vivek both running Vote for me, and I'll eliminate the deep state. You got Elon Musk calling into the global commission saying, I don't think global government's a good idea. So the things like Bilderberg Group was a was a conspiracy theory for a long time, and now they have a website because enough of us went there and you know, picketed in front of it. They, so they have to – NASA was forced to admit that the – picture of the earth from space is actually a cartoon it's it's a 12 strips of data which is what most people base their indignation on if you try to suggest the earth is flat they get real triggered and their reason is because they say we have pictures from space 
<laughs> not knowing, you know, that they're cartoons that they're looking at. They've been lied to, and that's what they're basing their proof on. So when you find these things out, the normie is throwing up roadblocks, basically like a five-year-old with their finger in their ears. Na 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 na. I can't hear you. Na 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 na. They're like the British guards, you know, who won't look at blink. You go, hey, oh, you try to wave and make them blink. They won't look. So normies don't look. Now, normie is a term that they gave themselves. My daughter told me, Dad, I wish you were normal. So then I looked up the word normal, and it means conforming to a standard. So I looked up conforming, and it means to comply with the rules. Now you think about what we said in the beginning. What's the, what's the presenting characteristic of a truther? Is that you start to question officialdom. You're starting to question the rules because they're baloney. Well, that's a problem in your relationship because they're they trust Fauci, they trust Bill Gates. You know, uh, they they don't realize that these people are psycho mobsters. They're like evil. They're like Doctor Evil, right? With Mini Me, they're they're absolute. You know, the Georgia Guidestones is real. They want to reduce the population of five hundred million from eight billion. And guess what? Gates is out there saying it. We're going to reduce the population with vaccines. He's telling you what he's doing. Those Georgia Guidestones blew up, and they ripped them down so fast, as yep. opposed to uh, you know criminal investigation for somebody blowing up private property. Like no, no, just no take it question. Yeah. Did you do any research into who did that? Because there's two narratives. One of them is it was the dark, the black hats giving their their minions the signal. Okay, this is the gun going off. It's time to implement our final solution. Or it was the White Hats uh, who are basically running things and allowing this whole thing to unfold in front of everybody to see how evil they are before the military comes in. Any ideas on that concept? Uh, yeah, I hear both. Uh, if I had to back a horse on that, I would say that uh, you know maybe some type of MK Ultra for the guy who went there and blew it up, and that was just their opportunity to take down. Uh, you know, they, they like to wave things in our face and tell us what's going to yeah. happen and then pretend yeah, they like they do. didn't tell us what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So just kind of to see that in the culture. Uh, so I would say that was more this whole white hats and, you know, there's a savior coming, like an internal military <laughs> like queue and all these things. I think that would make a great movie. I think that would be a, an awesome Amazon series that I would watch. I, I don't think any of that is true. I There is, mm. you know, even us saving ourselves like at this point, like the the deck is so stacked against us no it's question to, you know they yeah. they seed you know january 6th was the worst thing that's ever happened since the civil war and, and it's like okay like 9 11 doesn't count you know these and I, hey I, I get the narrative i'm just <laughs> saying 9 11 doesn't count like all these wars world war one world war two or none of that counts this was like the worst thing in the world and you know they get the the homeland security and the fbi up there like well how many informants did you have up there and they just stare at them blankly you know, you have, yeah. you have Ray Epps and they just stare at them blankly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like it's just stacked against this to like, hey, yeah, go protest. Go say you, you want your your First Amendment rights and then you're just going to get thrown in and no due process. I know it. I know it. So I've been watching. I, I'm in pretty much, you know, I don't believe anybody's coming to save us. And I try to have hope and um, especially with God, you know, because God has... Uh, 
a judgment that he's you know meets out, but he also told his people, hey, go march around the walls of Jericho, and they fell down. So we can still believe God for the victories on the way out. Uh, but I've watched the white hat narrative over the last four or five years, and there's what I call the good news truthers. Charlie Ward, uh, Mel Kay, Jocko, Juan Osavan, X-22 Report, Benjamin Fulford is pretty interesting. And, and all these guys, you know, M M General Flynn, they all invoke God and stuff, but they're still basically, it's like the Democrat-Republican thing. It's two wings of the same bird. This is just on the same thing on a larger scale. So now there is... Possibly, I have a concept that the, we're in the truther community. If you try to say anything that's good, then you're immediately perceived as being uh, naive, right? And you, you know you're not really in the know. So it's almost like truthers love death and destruction and bad news. Um, so what comes out of that is the concept of what I call everyone's a shill. Anybody that pops their head up to try to do good in the power structure is a shill. Well, I don't believe that. I believe that there are actually still people like you and I that can want to do things from behind the scenes. So, for instance, with Trump, what a lot of people believe is that he's a shill. Okay, so the whole his whole entrance in, it's all fabricated. Well, I think a more rational explanation for all the good things that he did I mean, he did so many things that were unbelievably good that he's more likely a part of a faction within the deep state. So you got the P3 Masons, the White Dragons, you got the Russian mob, you got the Chinese, you got the Rockefeller dynasty, which is Rockefeller, then the Bush dynasty, and then Clinton Obama, right? That's a line. And then you got this Trump faction, and they're not all singing Kumbaya, right? They're all vying for turf, and some of them have less of a anti-human, like, like the white dragon's like, we don't want to kill off everybody. We just want to rule over them. So, so that, to me, makes a lot more sense, where Trump is actually a knight in sliming armor. He's not, you know, the, a lot of us got off the Trump train with the vax, but here's something that people don't consider. There's a lot of intel that what the Trump you're looking at isn't even Trump. It's a body double. And that body double is run by the deep state. The real Trump had to flee after they stole the election, and he's in a military base in, like, Greenland or something. So what if that's true? How are you going to interpret what's happening if that's true? So what would be our out? So, like, I, I hear all that. The uh, I have a buddy who sends me uh, X-22 reports all the time and you know they're everyone's going to get mo you know they're expanding Gitmo, yeah, yeah. Which, which was true and like hey you know uh, hillary clinton had an ankle monitor on you could see in her pants yeah, yeah, like, and she's been taken to gitmo like five times i've seen her gitmo she's been killed in gitmo like she got killed in gitmo three months ago i thought right <laughs> but like, when is any, so this, this also kind of was like the q stuff like when is any of this happening and so trump's in a bunker he's in greenland he went to buy greenland so that's kind of interesting that you know if that you know was there at least there's a narrative yeah. out there. But it's, it's also easy to Monday morning quarterback this stuff as things happen. And like, oh, he said Greenland, because that was a, a tip. That's where he's going to go when they steal the election. So they, hypothetically speaking, they stole the election. Joe Biden is president. Is Joe Biden president? Is he there? 
who's really running it? He's at press conference and going, I can't say that. I'm not allowed to say that. They're, they told me not to talk about this. Who's they? Yeah, you know, right. You know, <laughs> like all of that. But how would somebody who is being politically persecuted to no end that has to go into hiding, how are they ever going to come back? Where is that? If if the one side's running everything into the ground and making people hide and flee, where's the the, the turning of the tide? It's not well, happening in November. If he's point. hiding in Greenland, he's not coming out. Right. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying the white hat narrative is going to win. What I'm saying is that as I've watched them from afar, I have looked up their claims when they would make a specific claim. Like they would say, you know, here's an indication that we're in control. This pedophile group got broken up and then I would go there and it was true. It happened. So there's a lot of things that are real that are at least verifiable in the data sphere. Like when Biden, when Biden got elected, he came in and he didn't come in on Air Force One. He had to get a charter jet. And then during his inauguration, it was filmed. There was there was people with two different color pairs of shoes in the same event. So obviously it was filmed on different days. So and, and then, you know, he, the White House's lights go off at 11 p.m. and it's empty. And it's like there's these things that are like don't add up. His Oval to, Office is a soundstage. Right. So they've said so, this. This isn't like this isn't even like the crazy. You know, this, this isn't even like the crazy part. Like they said this. Right. So I'm saying, okay, well, that gives credence to this this narrative that the military really is in control. And they what the, this is the narrative. I'm just telling you what what the narrative is. You could take it or leave it. All right. I'm not saying I believe that they're going to win or that it's even valid. I'm just saying what's out there. The military, according to the narrative, doesn't want to be viewed as staging a coup. So they want history to be kind to it, and they want to exhaust all legal remedies, and they want to get at least 70% of the population, you know, agreeing that the people that are in control are totally corrupt. Well, that's happening. And what you're seeing is Biden offering illegals a million dollars per family. And now I just saw yesterday the California just passed the law where they're going to provide health insurance to all illegals. You know, you start to see stuff like that. And even the most hardened Democrats start scratching their head. And then and then eventually it would be fitting, even in the minds of 70% of the people, for the military to come in and say, this guy, these guys are just criminals. They're just going to kill us all. So we got to do something. So that's the narrative. And you so just, I, I'm going to jump in real quick. So I, yeah. I hear that. I, I saw the California thing. I think that's you know, that's just wild. Uh, yeah. Do that. Uh, so, I mean, this is even 10 years ago. I think there was 3 million illegals in California. And they're like, that real number is supposed to be 10. Uh, but, you know, they don't go around and count them. And now since, you know, 2020, like our southern border has just been wide open. They show yeah. like last week, for the last few weeks, we've been hitting like 750,000 people per week. You know, yeah. we're getting a million people a week to come in illegally. Uh, not families, not women, not old men, all military aged. 18 to 30 year old men walking in where are you going to so now we have uh let's just take the month of december what's that four million three million what's three million military-aged men not united states citizens white hats come in army takes over they're all going to gitmo finally worked out they're all going to gitmo there's an occupied army here of foreign nationals 
who are going to take orders from somebody, like they're not just going to leave the country. Right. Like, where's that part? I know. We've sort of, we've passed the point of no return and the country's going to go through a near-death experience. But if the military is still patriotic, like they still want the constitution to be the document that governs this country, then they could bring order back. They've purged all those people. They've purged 75% of those people. Probably so. They're trying to, they're talking about letting the undocumented citizens to become I know. in the U.S. Army. I saw that. I was like, oh, that's it. We're toast. <laughs> right? But the, the vaccine stance is a way to cut a lot of people. You know, it, it tended to fall for the most part, left or right on what your stance was. I'm sure there's probably some people in the middle like, hey, let me just listen before I go get in line at CVS and get stabbed with whatever they're offering out. But that's how they purged a lot of people from the army was like, well, I want more information. Like, You're a Trumper. You got to get out of here. Then they're yep. banning people from going to patriotic rallies and they're trying to get them out of the army. You're, you're left with a lot of people who wouldn't really seem like they would want to get rid of. Like that kind of goes along with mm. their path. No, that's well said. We're like lemmings. We really deserve to be conquered. We're so naive. We're so spineless too. I mean, our forefathers would have been shooting by now. No question. That's, but that's the bait. That's the, hey, come come to the Capitol. Let's let's use our civil discourse that we have to say, hey, these votes, we want, let's just take another look at them real quick. And I, I love, you know, we're not going to get a whole debate on voter fraud here, but I just love that, you know, November 4th, I think that was the election then, and they're filing lawsuits, Trump side's filing lawsuits, like, hey, this stuff's like not working out, like all these mail-in ballots. Then the Supreme Court is like, well, we can't hear the case yet because there's no crime. Like we can't. We can't rule on anything. And then November 5th, they're like, hey, all this stuff was st stolen. They're like, well, it'll take us weeks to hear it. And by then, like, there's no victim anymore. <laughs> they just, like, they don't want to cure anything. Like, they just no. have it to sit here and go down this path. But then they say, hey, come to the Capitol. Come come protest and say, you know, let us count our votes again. This is an option. The electoral votes, you can you can sit here and say, we're not going to take the 11 from Michigan or whatever, and, and we'll go back and recount them. They're, they're arresting the people who were supposed to hand them in uh, or filing charges against them. Uh, they have uh, arrested the people who just... We're at the Capitol. Owen Troyer, uh, an independent journalist, you might not like uh, uh, Infowars with Alex Jones. But I Owen listen Troyer's to Alex there. Jones every day. I understand he's got issues, but it doesn't matter. I have no choice because he gives me all the geopolitical stuff I need. So I don't. His interview flinch. with Tucker. Did you see his interview with Tucker Carlson the other day? Yeah. That was. He, he, when Alex Jones goes on Joe Rogan, that's like my favorite episodes to listen to. Because yeah. Alex Jones gets a little bit of whiskey in him. He's friends with Rogan. They're having yeah. cigars. But then it can turn into madness. And But then Rogan's like, hey, hey, hold on, let me fact check, let me fact check. He's like, there's a nuclear reactor underneath uh, Texas. And they look it up, and there's a nuclear reactor underneath Texas. He's like, what are you talking Like, how do you know all this stuff? But yeah. when he was on there with Tucker, and Tucker was trying to drive a car that did not have a steering wheel anymore, and like Alex is just like, boom, 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 like fact, 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 fact. And I don't think Tucker yeah. was prepared for any of that. But it's like, hey, go research all this stuff. It's all I do is just read the papers that these people put out. And yeah. they're telling you what they're doing. I know it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I hope there's a white hat narrative. I hope, you know, hey, the army's in control. Like, we're, we are going down fast. Right. Uh, so this is a like great. To write. This is just like, what can America do? Well, I'll tell you, this is a really important point right here is, is what is the Christian response to tyranny? What is the, what do good men do? When faced with tyranny, well, I'll tell you what they don't do. They don't pull the covers over their head and say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. This is our hour visitation. William Wallace, Mel Gibson's character, said it best. 
She's like, you got to be quiet or they're going to kill you. And he was like, all men live, all men die, but not all men live. So some men are born to greatness. Others have it thrust upon them. And so here we are in this moment in history when the velvet glove of tyranny has been come off and, and they've uncloaked. They're not trying to hide, you know, the pomp and circumstance is gone. And then, so you got to decide uh, the, the idea of laying low and, you know, until it all blows over is ridiculous because you could be in a, in a remote place in Montana. They're just going to grid off the country and they'll fly over it with microwave weapons or whatever. They'll send a drone thing after you. There's nowhere to run. You're not going to go to Uruguay. This is our hour of, of visitation when we can live on our feet or die on our knees. That's basically your choices. Well, as long as the power's on, the grocery stores have food. Yeah. Netflix has a new show. Even the people who are awake and aware of the things that are happening. Like, what's that next? You know, it, it's very hard. To be like, we, we need to stop all of this. Like, what, what are you going to go around people? Not you. Like, are people going to go around other people up? Or you're going to go storm to go? Again, we're back at this whole January 6th thing. I feel like a lot of people who have the meat. Oh, if you're in the suburbs, you got out of the city. Good for you. Like, step one. Like, just get out of the city. You turn on any news, local news for any city, and it is, oh, carjacking again. Oh, carjacking is up 2,100%. Oh, random violence up 2,100%. All of it yeah. is just like failing. So people have gone to the suburbs, more comfortable there, a little more space. You have a little bit of a yard. You can plant a garden. People who can get off the grid, live in Montana. They're like, well, I have I have cattle. I have acres, hundreds of acres, thousands of acres. I have whatever I might have. I just think it's going to have to get really uncomfortable, like an unimaginable uncomfortableness. Yeah. Until things start to happen, you mean what until is that first step? Are, What's that first step? What What is the first step that people can do? Um, you mean tell other people? I like after you tell other people, how do we stop this? Right. So I remember one day I was praying in the cul-de-sac. I was walking in my when I was still with my wife, and I'm walking around this cul-de-sac, and God spoke to me, and He said, "John, it's a big world," and it really, and I I knew it was God because. When God speaks to me, it's like he says one sentence, but it's like a whole paragraph at once. And what he showed me was that the evil that is over the whole world is only going to continue to get worse, and you can't carry that. You're not going to change the whole world, but what you can do is you can live out your destiny in your little corner of it. And so you have to try to make a difference with this, your center of influence, whatever that might be. Some peoples are small, some peoples are larger. Like, like I created a, a, a platform now where I, I have like 30 new subscribers a day. I have people listening to me from 50 countries because I carved out this message where I sit and talk for three hours about the but but the journey of the believer, the Christian truther, how you cope, how you deal with your child telling you, Dad, I wish you were normal, how I stood up and walked out of the church because the pastors aren't recognizing the bond, their own Bible's changing. I talk about the journey, and so I've carved out this little platform, and I'm touching people all over the world, okay? So you can do something. You can, you can give hope. You can give comfort to people. You can guide people. And then I'm also an American state national, so we've, I'm in the legal education movement. 
So we repudiate our 14th Amendment status. We move through to becoming legal non-taxpayers. I help people do that. You can find out about that on my website, which is wakeuporelse.com. Go to the state national tab, right? So those are more um, kinetic solutions where you can begin to really um, extricate yourself from the tyranny of the uh, fake governments. They're all corporations. Your city, your county, your police department, you know, you go to a traffic court, the guy behind the thing with the robe on is an employee of a privately held for-profit business. Think about that. What right does he have to tell you to do anything? None. So I've heard you on an, another show, I think it was Sam Tripoli's, and you were talking about, I forget the term that it's used, but you're, you're becoming your own citizen of your own sovereign country, right? And you were- uh, our, It's actually a state. You become a state citizen. Your allegiance is to the state you were born in, not the corporate US. So there's two of everything. Right? There's two of you. There's a corporation which is made in your name, and then there's the living you. Then there is the uh, citizenship, 8 U.S.C. 1101, where you're a U.S. citizen subject to the jurisdiction. So that assumes you were born in a 10-square-mile area of the District of Columbia, which is just a total fabrication. It's not real. But there is a provision they made it the night before the 14th Amendment. They created this other status. It's called 8 U.S.C. 1401A21. Your, your allegiance is to your state. Now, that's a corporate. So you're not, you're not abandoning your citizenship. There's two of them. There's the corporate you, and then there's the, the Republic United States of America, upper and lowercase. There's two post offices. There's the IRS, and then there's the Eternal Revenue Service. They're not the same. The post office and the U.S. Postal Service are not the same. There's two courts. There's the civil court and the common law. There used to be two separate courts, systems, but then they combined them. But you can go into any court and convene your own common law court because still, it's still there, but you just have to learn about it and then be to implement. But, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm a little frustrated right now because the lawfare uh, problem is so corrupt that, you know, even if you're right, you they just run over you. So you basically have to learn how to sue judges. That's the point we're at now. And they've been have, have you completed this process of getting rid of yeah. the corporate you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So what, what are the benefits of that? Oh, well, one of them is... Uh, it's real simple to understand. Um, if you go to Walmart as a customer and you're buying celery and the manager comes over and says, hey, uh, Brian, I want you to take this broom and go sweep up in the back. What are you going to tell him? No, I don't work there. Right. However, if two weeks prior you had came in and filled out a job application and were accepted and, and your name tag and he gives you the broom, you're, you, he has every right to boss you around because you agreed to their policies. You agreed to, in exchange for getting paid, you agreed to comply with their policies, okay? Now, in a similar way, we are tricked into getting benefits from these companies, okay? So your, your town you live in is a, is a company. The state, the county is a company. It's got a Dun & Bradstreet number, for Pete's sake. Okay, governments don't have Dun and Bradstreet numbers. There's no scenario where a government would have a Dun and Bradstreet number. Okay, you could look it up. 
uh, the, 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 everybody from the district attorney right on down to the dog catcher has a Dun & Bradstreet number in your town. So when you get pulled over by law enforcement, that guy is an employee of a privately held for-profit business. So for instance, I had a friend, we, his daughter, my daughter play soccer. So we're, we're standing there many times and, and he's a cop in, uh, in Charlotte. So I said, listen, Tim, I said, let me ask you, if you pulled me over, what right do you have to tell me to do anything? And he goes, you know, that's a good question. And he thought about it for a while. And he said, well, a long time ago, the, the city attorney came in and trained us. And he said, we get our authority from the state. That's what he said. Well, guess what? The state is a company. Do I work for that company? Not anymore. Because right. I, I went to the company. I said, I quit. That's what we do through affidavit. We quit working for United States, all caps, Inc., which is now bankrupt. The company that is now in operation is actually called the Office of Joe Biden. I kid you not. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I, I missed that. Yeah, it's. I think it's the Office of Joe Biden. I think is what it's called. Inc. is now what the United States is running under. Really, the Office of Joe Biden Inc. I kid you not is what you are saluting the flag to. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I'm writing that one down. All right. All right. So uh, so let me let me just finish this analogy because this is so crucial. I'm going to answer your question. So so the so he says, I got my authority from the state. Well, the state is a company. So you didn't answer my question. I don't work for this company. Why should this company have because you're not God, you're not my daddy, I'm not your property. So the only reason you have any right for one man to boss another man around is if I have a contract with you. So what we show you how to do is break the contracts. Now, if I get pulled over for improper lane change, I didn't use my blinker. My first question is, is there an injured party? If I don't use my blinker and I change lanes, is there an injured party? No. Now, this is where people get real cagey and they start squirming and they're like, thinking we're anarchists. No, you're just, that's just mind control nonsense that you've decided to agree with. Because listen to this, Error v. Cullen, for a crime to exist, there must be an injured party. There can be no sanction or penalty imposed on one because of the exercise of constitutional rights. So if I don't use my blinker, there is no injured party. Therefore, there is no crime. That's Supreme Court ruling. Not, you know, I disagree with you, but not the Supreme Court ruling, okay? Now, is a uh, injured party, then there can be a law broken, and I can be liable for that. I have to make them whole. But what you what is clear is that uh, Flurney versus First National, a code or statute is not a law. So what do you mean? You don't believe you have to obey the laws? That's not what I said. I don't have to believe the policy. The policy is the is when I work for Walmart, I have to obey their policies. When I am out in the road, the blinker thing is a policy of the company. That's why the cop car says police now. They're policy enforcers. A code or statute is not a law. Ray versus self. A code is not a law. Sorry, that's reality. And then, da 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 da, da this is the big one. Colonial Pipeline v. Tragel. Statutes only apply to state-created creatures. Let me read it again. Statutes, that's policies, like using your blinker, 
only apply to state-created creatures known as corporations. Brian, are you a corporation? I think currently right now I am because I didn't go through this process. Okay. <laughs> but but you no, can, I don't prior to this conversation, I didn't think I was. You can opt out. Okay. Because yeah. what they do is when you're born, they presume what's called the doctrine of parents patre over you, which is the state is your parent. They just presume it, okay? And they they fraudulently create a corporation using your name in all capital letters. It's absolutely true. And then they even borrow a million dollars against your future. You, they use you as surety for a million-dollar loan from the IMF and a million-dollar insurance policy. It's documented. We got the documents in, in from a federal case, the transcripts. So that's what happens. And so what they then do is they invest that money over the course of your life. And your your Sesta QB trust is probably worth a half a billion dollars at your age. And you can get access to that. I actually have a work with, I've talked to people who've done it, and we're working towards that. It's fascinating. All right. Yeah. Do you do you pay taxes? I'm now a legal non-taxpayer. Okay. And is any job that you had? So would that be an issue if you if you weren't and worked for Walmart? You're like, well, I, I'm not uh, it's part harder. Of the state. It's harder if you have a job. Because then you have to get the company, <laughs> you have to give them a W-8-B-E-N, which tells them, and that's an IRS form, it tells them don't, don't take taxes out, but the companies very often resist that. And they'll, they'll tell you, we don't recognize this, and if you insist, we'll fire you. So if, you, if you're uh, self-employed, though, um, it's a lot easier. You know, we, there's a process that you do, and... and you go through it and it's, you know, it's a battle, but he's paying taxes. Yeah, they've the, got, the, the IRS does have a re revocation. There is a, there's terminology in the IRS code about rev revoking. Because what happened is when you were 14 and you went to work at the fish store for the first time, you filled out a W-2. And when you did that, that was you agreeing to contract with them to pay taxes for the rest of your life. So they trick you into contract, uh, like you know when you go go waltzing in. Oh, Charlene is sixteen now. We're gonna go get her license. So mommy takes her to the DMV, and you march Charlene up to the window. Hi, I would like to apply for my driver's license. So you're basically going there to a company, and you're requesting to contract with them. I'd like to be your employee, so you can boss me around. So then when you go buy your car. Listen to this. When you go buy your car, let's say you're going to pay cash and you give the guy 30 grand. At that moment, the car is your property. But then the guy comes back and he says, all right, we need an extra 300 for title, tax, and tags. When you give him that money, you are secretly agreeing to gift your car to the state and then they lease it back to you. And then you are now uh, required to comply by you know obeying all the policies. Uh, you have to keep it registered and insured, and you have to carry a license. So they trick you into being a slave. So the the benefit of this is you, you know, you're I'm actually freeing people now. I'm not just freeing their minds and hoping for a trickle down effect. I'm actually freeing people because what happens is if I get pulled over, we go at, through this process and then we get a passport, and the passport reflects our state national status. Once it's in the system, um, I've, I've seen guys that have used it and testified that they just, the cops, you know, the guy went through a red light by accident. 
We're not saying you should run, you know, you can go do whatever you want. We say the opposite, but it's a policy. If you happen to, you know, violate their policy, they run the passport and it says, do not question, do not detain. And they just come back and say, have a nice day. Because you're not in their jurisdiction. You're not an employee. Hmm. Now, if you hit somebody and hurt them, you have to make them whole. Or, you know, if you rob somebody, you're not immune to prosecution. But as far as the policies go, I just read you two Supreme Court rulings. Statutes are not laws. Sorry, two, there's a difference. Two questions. Are, are you out of the driver's license, car insurance no, game? No, like that's a great question. All of us, all of us have, a, a, there's a linear path of how much you're living in the private. Because really, the moment you turn on a light switch, you're contracting with, with the system. And so all of us live in some degree of private. So, for instance, I wrote a book. Well, I have a what's called a uh, private ministerial association where you can operate in the private and you're not subject to the policies and uh, all the taxation stuff. Uh, but that doesn't work if I want to do commerce because I have to Amazon KDP requires a tax ID number. So I had to set up an LLC and then what will happen is they'll send me a 1099. And that 1099 goes to the IRS. So then, but the, the taxation system is based on fraud. It's based on the idea that you're an employee of the IRS and that you are involved in a, a trade. What is it called? It's a, you're involved in a trade and then it's therefore your income from the trade is taxable. Well, the definition of a trade is that you're a government employee. You're an elected official. So are you an elected official? No. No. So that means you're not involved in a trade. Therefore, you're not, your income, which is also another definition, is not taxable. So you have to pay every tax that you legally owe. But when you find out that you don't legally owe it, then you can figure out how to stop paying them. And they, it's a battle. I mean, we're not, you know, I don't, you know, you know this is not something you do lightly. It's a. It's got to be a centerpiece of your life, and it's a huge learning curve. But for a lot of us, you know, this is like this response to tyranny. We're fed up. I mean, I'm not going to be a prisoner anymore. I'm not going to participate in a crime against myself. Do you pay taxes on your book royalties? No, because what what happens is I get I get the 1099, and then we send a corrected 1099. We zero it out to the IRS, okay. and that. That means we're not paying it. And then, you know, if they say something about it, we send them an affidavit. And if we have to, we go to court. We have to stand in our freedom. So we've seen both sides of government super corrupt. We couldn't even hold aid to Ukraine for a minute to see if, if we'd be able to have an accounting purpose for it, to see whether it was being spent. Like you, you were a Nazi and you were all these things. So they sent the money there. But all government's corrupt. How come? Or are they? Are politicians not part of this state? Have they taken themselves out? Like, why are they paying taxes if you're able to do this? Oh, a lot of them are. A lot of. I mean, can you Google uh, this somewhere and find them? Is is this? Is there find a database what? or anything? Like, just to find who's a sovereign citizen of, no. of the process that you've done. Like, are no, we able to see not. that you know maybe Trump's tax returns haven't been released officially or whatever he's doing because he's done this himself? Where he's like, I'm not paying taxes. He, he at a debate Hillary Clinton said to him. 
you know, you don't pay taxes. Like, well, because I'm smart. Was this like what he was alluding to? Yeah, there was. Uh, let me see if I've got this. Uh, it was a lady, Jan Halper, came on a British news show and uh, disclosed for the first time publicly that the U.S. is a corporation. Here it is. And she's on a task force for the Department of Defense. She stated in this interview that Trump has all the evidence, but if he released it too soon, it would cause civil war. This is this is the good news narrative, right? However, she's on a in, you know a national or international news broadcast saying that the U.S. government is a corporation. That's the first time we've ever seen it stated publicly. So it does seem like things are coming out into the open. Now she said Biden is the legitimate president of what is now a bankrupt corporation. She mentioned the Treaty of 1871, and then she also talked about uh, the fact that Trump went over to, you've got the three city-states. You've got the city of London, which is the financial head. You've got the Vatican, which is the religious head. And then you have the Washington, which is the military head. So she's basically saying that all three of those have been dissolved and the, all of the, you know, like she, Trump went over there and walked in front of the queen and all of these signs and all this stuff. Like you said, we'll see, man. We'll see, you know, if we wake up one day and they're doing perp walks with all these people that we know, then we'll know that there's some teeth to this. But That'll the be narrative the is that they're part. battling it and that like Nisera Gisera is supposedly being rolled out. I just saw a South Carolina senator publicly talking about the, the, the Nasera cards are distributed. Now, he could be AI, right? It's not a real guy, and they're trying to lead us on to lure us into complacency or whatever. But Nasera means everybody over 60 gets five grand, and if you're disabled, you get seven grand a month for life. All debts are forgiven. All the country's debts are forgiven because the money is there for that. In fact, we were supposed to get access to the trusts but they decided, hey, let's keep this for ourselves. So you're worth a half a billion dollars right now. So am I. That's I could real. really use that because I didn't win Powerball last night. I really could right. use that now. <laughs> so so Nisera is feasible. Like there is plenty of money for everybody to you not know, have to work and not pay taxes. That's real. That's doable. Whether they whether they can do it or not is the question. Hmm. I'm fascinated Ooh. by all of this stuff. Are some of these senators and congressmen are they not doing it because they work for the corporation? Oh, there's all of those guys are. I mean, you look at them when they come in, they're worth, you know, quarter million dollars. And I just did a thing on on all of the income or the net worths of all the congressmen and senators. If you're not worth 50 million, you're a piker. You're broke as a congressman or senator if you're not worth 50 million. I remember they were all busted insider trading. And then about three months later, they passed a law saying they were allowed to insider trade. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> I love. I don't know if they came back, but on on Twitter there was the Nancy Pelosi stock trader account, and then yeah. it would show all of her trades. And I think they got yeah. rid of that. But at the end of the year, they just listed everybody. So if you were just, uh, you know, one of the best bankers, I guess, for the like, the S and P, if you had like a six percent return, like that'd be pretty amazing. And people can get like to the tens of fourteen percent. Like you're a good investor then. And like all these congressmen were plus five hundred, plus one fifty, plus. That's like oh, just yeah. amazing how you're in these meetings, how you're creating policy. And then just benefiting off the backbone of it. Right. So, you know, what their scenario is for paying taxes, I don't really know. But right. 
sure they're not. You know, there's lots of legal ways with trusts to not pay taxes. So I'm sure they have all that set up. It's very expensive to, to do those strategies. This this process is more treacherous and more difficult, and I don't really know if that's their path. But uh, you know, for a lot of us, you know, we're not we're not going down easy. We're not going to just roll over and wait for them to come and get us. We're going to get in the fray, and we're going to do something, whatever, however feeble it might be. Uh, we're going to put our put our foot on the battlefield. Yeah. So this process that you went through, that's all, all on your website. How much time does it take, and how much money does it take to become your own citizen? Well, I laid it out so you can figure it out for free. But I do have a uh, what I call a done with you uh, outreach for a donation. And then I give you my cell phone and I take you A to Z. You have unlimited access to me until the process is done, usually about 90 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe maybe more like four months because you got to wait. You send an affidavit, you got to wait 21 days so they don't respond. And then you send another affidavit saying, okay, well, you didn't say no. So that means you by law that you accepted it. And then you record that on the land and then you go get your passport. You know, that process right there, you're probably looking at maybe, you know, month, month and a half. And then, you know, go through to the next stage, you know, which is uh, your tax freedom bundle. And that takes about a month. Okay. Property taxes, is that included too? Uh, it depends. It depends. It, it gets a little more complicated, but it's, yeah, you had to get a land patent and all that stuff for that. Okay. Yeah. So I guess there's a process for everything just depends on how, how deep you're going to go. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, I never answered your question. I still have my driver's license and a lot of people do because, you know, dry, uh, right to travel, we call it is, is challenging because even if you do it right, you're still going to be a, a magnet and get pulled over because you no longer have a license plate. You got some state national plate and they pull you over. And, you know, if you got your stuff done correctly, like your car is out of your name, it's in a trust. That's big. And you've re-registered the car with the DMV in the name of the trust. And then, you know, you've returned your driver's license. So you're not in the system. Makes it really hard for them to get their hooks in. And then you have your passport, which tells them you're not in their jurisdiction. It's not this kind of back and forth you see on YouTube. I saw one guy on YouTube that was a state national. And this is what happened. He gets pulled over. Guy rolls down the window and says, Officer, hope you're having a great day and uh, staying safe out there. Listen, I don't own this car. It's owned by a trust. Here's my paperwork. That was all he said. And the guy looked it over. He said, have a nice day. That was it. Boom. Hmm. So, so what we say is don't act like a king until you are a king. Do the paperwork. Get your superior titles done. Then learn the lingo. Because that's what's gotten people into trouble is they learned the lingo, but they never went and got you know, fired Walmart, basically. Right. You're you're still an employee. So they have so, every right to boss you around. Let's talk about this corporation real quick. Uh, so yeah. the police officers are enforcing policy, but the state's a corporation, right? So the state is a private building. The police officers are the security guards inside the building and the elevators are the roadways. It, are you you're allowed to travel on this? Is just like, or is this just your right to travel? Right. Driving is not a privilege. Privileges are, are are issued by the government, but God God gave you your breath. The government didn't give me my breath. So that's what's called an inalienable right. It's not 
a privilege to travel from point A to point B. It's an inalienable right. So as a citizen, as a state citizen, so I'm a citizen of the United States of America, I have no requirement to be licensed to go from point A to point B. In fact, the, the, the driver code says that. The definition of a driver's license is it's required if you're driving for hire. So you have to be driving for Uber or driving for money to be required. If, I, if I'm going to do that, I would need a license. But if I'm just going from point, it's like riding your bike. Do you need a license to ride your bike down the street? No. It's the same thing as getting in your car. But they'll all tell you, you driving is a privilege and I can revoke your privilege. No, you can't. Shut up. You're violating my rights under Title 18. It's this deprivation of rights under color of law. The government penalty for you is quarter million, and that's if I don't add another fine on there. So I suggest you stand down and get a supervisor out here. Now, what's cool is when Benjamin Franklin created the post office, he also created the courts and the banks. All three of them operate on the banking rules. Now, I've talked to guys that have done this. You can try this. If you get a speeding ticket, that is a off, that is a presentment. It's not a done deal. It's not a contract. You can rescind that. So the banking rules is three days. So you move into a new town and you get a, your first power bill. You have three days to send it back. Say, this is wrong. I didn't order this service or the, you know, something's wrong on you. Three days. If you don't rescind it, you, then it's accepted. Now you have 30 days to pay it. If you don't pay in 30 days, you'll get a notice 15 days late. And if you and if you don't pay it by the 15 days, you get another notice. 10 days, we're going to shut you off. So three days, 30 days, 15 days, 10 days, judgment day. That's the banking rules. Well, guess what? The the courts are under the banking rules themselves. So, first thing you can do is you can go in within three days and you write on the ticket. I do not consent, I do not wish to contract with you in big red on a 45 degree angle. And you hand it to the girl and you say, I don't wish to contract with you, please shred this. And the guy told me he, they, she did. Wow. It's a presentment. See, they trick you into contracting with them. What right does the guy have to tell me to do anything? What? He's not God. He's not my daddy, and I'm not his property. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery. Okay, so here's a guy in a costume. Why? Why? You tell me. Why should I have to do what he says? Where did I sign a contract with him or anybody that empowers him? It's all presumption. So this, so what the legal education movement is, is you stand up and you say, uh, I don't consent. I no longer agree. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, you're free to go. Oh, in that case, we'll shred your ticket. Or what you can do is you can take the ticket and you send an affidavit in to the court and you say, this is a violation of my rights as a state citizen. Uh, this is a policy. That I'm not subject to it according to this, this, and this. And I want you to uh, rescind this ticket. And they ignore it. And then they send you something and you saying, your court date is this. Or then they'll send you something. You can pay by mail. Okay, they're ignoring you. So what happens is 30 days comes and you send them a late notice. And, and with that, you send your fee schedule. For violating my civil rights and wasting my time, I'm going. my fee schedule is $25,000. Uh, so you send that to them. 
and they ignore it. And then 15 days, 10 days, and then on judgment day, you send another affidavit to them. I'm sorry, you send it to their, their boss. The boss of the cop is the attorney general of the state. So you send an affidavit to the attorney general with li- a list of all the things, correspondence and what happened, and your fee schedule. And you say, I, 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 res- I expect payment within 30 days for these violations. And you copy the court on it. And people get the check. They get paid. Wow. All right. I need to go start driving around, improper lane change, and then get $25,000 within like 90 days. Well, it's not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> There's Just quite a lot of money yeah. oh, before right. that happens. But that Baby is stuff. That's, that's like a, a, a hack for the matrix that is just blows people's minds that these things are possible even. and they are possible. They're real. There's, there's still courts down in the South in different places. I've seen pictures of them where it, it says on the court post office. So the mm-hmm. post office, the bank and, and the courts are all under the banking rules. And what would that do for the post office? And what's the benefit? What's the hack for that? Is there anything? Oh yeah, yeah. The post office is has the most powerful court system in the world because they have to deal with international stuff. So there's a court system that's a private court system that the that the post office runs. And uh, one of the legal hacks that you can use is what's called parse syntax grammar. It was invented by this guy, like a super genius. And it's basically mathematical language that's perfect. And so all of the language that's used is fraudulent. It's kind of complicated, but you basically tell your 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 correspondence. I don't. It's full of grammatical errors. I need you to because I don't understand what you're saying, and I need you to correct it, or else this is fraudulent. And so there's a violation for mail fraud. It's called um, fraudulent language. If you use fraudulent language, it's mail fraud. Well, then you can use the post office to deal with presentments like you know let's say you're you run up the credit cards and then you can't pay the bill and it goes to collections well part they're going to send you presentments in parse that, that's in grammar that's fraudulent and you can use parse syntax to rescind it now you may think that's immoral that you should pay your debts but when you find out that the whole credit card system is fraud and they monetize your signature and they get paid twice that's double enrichment then they sell off your debt to a, a debt collector and they collect the insurance they write it off on their taxes so there's enrichment there and then they have insurance policies so they get paid off and then they get paid again so that's three times and then they charge the debt collector so they get paid four times now the debt collector comes after you and he has no letter of agency he has no um privity of contract that's a, ro- a law and contract law uh the, the the attorney is is uh fraudulent because he's a bar actor and they're a foreign entity operating on US soil under a treaty with no illegally and there's just 19 different ways it's all fraud and so when there's fraud involved in a contract it voids the contract if you and I have a contract and 20 years later I discover that there's fraud it, it vitiates the contract going all the way to back to the beginning so that's the world you live in. Your mortgage is fraud because when you signed the mortgage, they monetized your signature. And in 48 hours, 
They pulled the $200,000 loan out of your SESTA QB trust. They've monetized your signature so that it that turns it into a QCIP number that they pull the 200,000 out in 48 hours and get paid in full. Did you know that? Well, no. if you didn't know that, then there was no honest, open and honest disclosure in the contract and it's fraudulent and it's void, right? So then what they do is they turn on and charge you an administration fee. That's what your mortgage payment is. It's not paying off the principal. They created the money out of thin air and then they make you go and work for it for your whole life. And they pay, you have to pay an administration fee because they already got paid. It's all fraud. So <laughs> at, at, at this point, was this the breaking point for the family where they're like, I can deal with 9-11. I can deal with it. But like, this is like magic of, of like the world we live in. And, you know, just the United States is a corporation or just that the state's a corporation and that we are working for the corporation. And if you can legally get yourself out of that, I'm not, I'm not saying you're crazy, but that's like the crazy thing to wrap your head around. Like I, I mean, I, can, I don't know which one was the straw, proverbial yeah. straw that broke my wife's back. But, um, you know, what happens to us is when you say, if that's not true, what else isn't true? You start turning over rocks. And unfortunately, there's a conspiracy under just about every rock. And so it's a normal response to keep wanting to know what's under the next rock. It's, yeah. it's basically self-preservation. We have an instinct to survive, and we're finding out that the system is weaponized. You know, like, as of, Jan as of yesterday, the reporting requirement now is $600. So if you have a garage sale and you use Venmo, collect 1000 bucks, you now have to report that. So they're going to kill you by death by a 1,000 cuts, weaponizing the tax system against you. So... I don't believe this is an, uh, an option anymore. This is now life and death to, to figure out how to fight. Separating yourself from the corporation. I've heard this from yourself and then from other people. And it's like the, the hardest one for me to wrap my head around. I guess because it's just still the threat. Hey, you tell the cop, you get pulled over. Like, look, uh, I don't subscribe to your lane changes. You know, I, I get it. I'm sorry, but no one's hurt. We have all this stuff. But there's still the, they could arrest you and they could put you in jail and you could just stay there for you know, an undue amount of time. And like you have to then rely on all these other checks and balances to to get you out. Right. And that that possibility is the reason to do it. That's the, the reason to go for, yeah. the, 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 like I learned that in sales, the very reason you're objecting is the reason you should buy my product, sir. So the reason that you just stated is that if you stand up to them, they could do that, is the reason to do it. Because guess what? They're going to come and arrest you anyway. Yeah, okay, I guess Google, that's the true point, yeah. Google this. Three youth, three Australian youths escape from COVID camp. If you, oh, yeah. if you Google that, you'll pull up a story where these three kids, they weren't even 18, they were, they were arrested and put into a COVID camp because they were in the vicinity of somebody that had COVID. And they were like, they they tested negative, but they're like, bag this. So they escape, and then there's a manhunt. And now this is not in some backwoods country. This is in Australia, and that's coming to a theater near you. So you can wait until they come and get you, or you can start now, and they'll come and get you. Which one you choose is up to you, but I'm not going down easy. I'm going no, down. No, no, no. I definitely hear that.
All right, can we we have we have like fifteen minutes left. I have a, a hard. Yeah. I appreciate all your time so far, and we'll save. No time problem. I'm. This is what I do, man. I love everyone. I love it. You mentioned the Mandela effect before. Can we dive yeah. into that a little bit? Let's get into that. Okay. All right. This this is a tough one to get your head around because it's very exotic, but it's undeniable that it's uh, there's um, thousands of Mandela effect channels on each platform. Okay, and some of the channels have hundreds of thousands of subscribers each. So what you have to agree with is that there's a phenomenon happening. This is no longer a few crazy people in their mom's basement and it's being amplified by the internet. That is absolutely unresearched, Hail Mary, ridiculous type of response. This is millions of people claiming something. So what you have to first acknowledge is it's never been happened in recorded history where millions of people are all claiming that their reality is morphing. So that's an empirical observation that's undeniable. It's verifiable. You can look it up. I just I, I put a thing on my browser. It tells you how many searches there are for a specific keyword on YouTube. It was uh, uh, 380,000 searches on the term Mandela effect. I think it was monthly. I think that's right. It's either daily or monthly, but either way, it's a lot. Okay, so what the experience is, is people are claiming that things that they vividly remember are no longer as they vividly remember. Now, the first response is, well, you're just misremembering. Okay, so let me dispel that idea, which I've already done, okay, because that's an attempt to put this experience into a natural box. There's nothing supernatural. There's nothing exotic, John. You're just misremembering. Okay, so it's basically an attempt to categorize this in a naturalistic way. But but you just agreed with me that it's not naturalistic. You just agreed with the fact that there's millions of people all freaking out. So you'd have to explain how. How did a millions of people get stricken with some mental illness simultaneously all over the world? Is that what your claim is? Because I don't think that's rational. How would how would millions of people suddenly be stricken with some sort of disease that causes them to have senility or whatever? Because that's what's what we're observing. Okay. If it's not that, if it's a demonic delusion, it's also affecting you because you have the same memories we do. So I don't think you want to go there. And then even if that's true, you'd have to explain how we're being deceived. Okay, so let me give you um, an example of what it's like. Okay, so your name is Brian, and uh, let's say that you wake up tomorrow, and instead of Brian, your name is now, what's close to Brian? Brian. Ryan. Okay, good. So now your name is Ryan, and you look at your bank statements going back 20 years, and it's always been Ryan, your driver's license, your credit card your yearbook, and the people around you know you as Ryan, not Brian. You're not going to say it's only one letter. Okay, so my question to you is, would you, cons would you consider that an unexplainable supernatural phenomenon, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Now, why didn't you say suggest, well, I, I'm just probably misremembering? Why didn't you say that? Why is that not, not an option? A lifetime of experience. What does that mean? So one of the things from Mandela Effect 
is the Monopoly guy having the monocle or not. Now, how many times did I play Monopoly as a kid? I don't know, 20, 50, 100. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times I look at the box? I, I, you know, I don't know. But every day, I'm not interacting with the Monopoly guy on the box. But every day, I'm Brian. I introduce myself. I remember people calling me Brian. So if I woke up and all of a sudden I'm Brian, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because my entire memory that I have, yes. I am myself. Right. All right. So just to preserve time, let me put words in your mouth, okay? Great, and tell go. me if I'm correct. So what you stated is because of the now repetition of you know seeing your name, knowing your name, that ingrained the memory into your memory. And so your testimony is that the human memory is so reliable in the in the case of vivid memories that even if the data sphere was telling me your name is Ryan, you would reject that data. And you would choose your memory being reliable over this empirical evidence. Is that correct? I would agree with most of that. And for my name, I guess I'm going to have to agree with all of that. All right. So the human memory, your testimony is the human memory is reliable when it comes to vivid memories. Is that correct? Uh, that's where it might get dicey. That's the conclusion you drew when I gave you that scenario, that if your name was Ryan, you wouldn't say... Oh, I'm just misremembering. You'd be like, I don't care what the data sphere is telling me. I know what my name is, bro. So I would say that for a name, but you know, so like your your memory. Okay, well, I'm getting crime. to that. Right. Okay. So we're gonna go. What is I'm your background in being an attorney? You are very well spoken here, and like I, I feel like I'm on the hot seat. And I yeah, baby, I got you on the. I've yep. been doing this for seven <laughs> years, so I know I know how the mind works. All right. So so the first point is that your testimony is conflicted. Because if you're trying to tell me that I'm just misremembering, but then I show you that you actually don't believe that yourself, you believe that the human memory is extremely reliable when it comes to vivid memories, okay? Now, I have a memory when I was 12, when I, I went on a camp trip with my family, and I can still picture the tent it had yellow and green stripes on the side. And around the same time, I remember going to Camp Way Wayanda, I can picture the cabin that I stayed in. So my question to you is, which one of those memories is more vivid to me? Uh, I guess the one with the stripes, right? Do you guess or do you know? Uh, well, for you, I'm going to, uh, I'm assuming for you, this is the one with the stripes. How would you know I, that? I, I don't know this because this is your experience. Right. So there's no way for one man to tell if another man's memory is vivid or not. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, just for the, I, I, I'm on board with everything just for the sake of time because I have like 10 minutes here. So the camping thing, I got that. That's one instance. If I woke up and we're doing the Brian Brian, like that's much more concrete. If I walked out of my house and I saw my wife and she's like, I don't know who you are, but I'm like, we're married. We have two kids. We live here. And like, she's like, this is like, you know, George Bailey, you know, running into his wife. And she's like, I don't know you. That's much more extreme than, you know, did Mandela die or not? You know, like I, how much did I hear well, about that? You know, did I misremember from 12 years ago? Because maybe at 15, I did go camping and the tent was blue and green or whatever. And I'm just projecting that memory back. Like one-off instances, I do get that. I, I hear well, what you're saying, that the memory is not as concrete. Here's the problem, though. I've researched what makes a vivid, what makes a memory vivid. And what the research showed is that it's not necessarily the number of times it was repeated in your life. It has to do with the emotional state that you were in when the memory was formed. It has to do with other factors that have nothing to do with how many times it was repeated. So 1 Corinthians 
chapter 2 says, who knows the spirit of a man, save the man. So my point is, nobody can dictate to me if one memory is more vivid than another. That's not possible. So if I tell you, and so all of us have a range of vividness with our memories. And so some of them were sort of, we remember, you know, Chuck E. Cheese became Chuck E. Cheese's, and it actually flipped back again. And these things changed, and they're not like we remember them. But then we'll fall on one that's what we call an anchor memory. And I'm telling you, it's it's we draw a line, and we're implacable. And we say, I don't care what you say, this is like my name. It's, and it's like, for me, it was the Monopoly guy, because I played Monopoly so many times we wore out games. We had to get new games because we wore out the Monopoly game. And the dude had a monocle. And so then what you find out is, is that it's not just you having this weird experience. It's millions of people remember the monocle. Well, now you have an issue with the, the scientific discipline of probabilities. Okay, so sociologists have studies that show that anybody, if you have a group of people and they see a car accident, let's say, Anything over 5 or 10% where they misremember it the same way is an anomaly. So people might misremember, but if they all misremember it the same way, more than 10%, so if you've got 100 people, if 10 or more misremember, the guy had a red shirt when he actually had a green shirt. 20 remember red shirt, that's unexplainable. There was a guy that did a survey with 25,000 sample people taking the survey on Mandela Effect questions. And so he asked, like, blank, blank on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And they had to fill in the blank. So he wasn't feeding the question, the answer. 92% said mirror, mirror on the wall. That means that 25 out of 25,000 people, 92% misremembered the same way. That's statistically impossible. It's not improbable. It's impossible. Can't happen. So why is this happening? Do you think yeah. this is timelines merging? Do you think this is CERN when it got turned on? So incredible, man. I mean, there's so many theories. You know, you got the minds who predicted the end of the age, and that's kind of like when all this stuff started happening. So maybe we all died and went shifted to another universe. There's all kinds of crazy theories about what we're experiencing. So one theory is that there is a sort of a, a timeline theory, because what's really exotic about this is um, if we notice a change, I'll, I'll take um, Smokey the Bear has never existed. It was always Smokey Bear. And, and people think, well, companies change their logos. But, you know, we've done our research. We go back, we look at the Ford logo. It has a little pigtail now. Nobody recognizes that. And you, But if you go back and look at all of the logos going back to the very first one, they've, it's always been that way. So it's not like we're just not noticing that companies are changing their logos 10 years ago. This is much more exotic than that. So when the changes notice, it's always been that way in this timeline. Another concept is it's a consciousness shift. Now, we're not psychotic. We're not seeing things that aren't there. But the construct is, a, is an energy construct. You know, like the table I'm sitting in front of only appears to me solid. But it's actually just, we're in a video game, basically. And so that can actually change. You know, you can have a cheat code where you just press a button and the table's brown instead of purple, whatever. And then the third idea is that we're shifting to another power of the universe, 
which is you know has some legs, but it's difficult if you have a biblical worldview. It's hard to believe there's a million infinite number of Johns that are going to all stand before God on Judgment Day. It's hard to accept. So I just watched for the first time that uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh yeah, I saw that movie. So I just saw that over the weekend, and that's just fascinating. You know, it's kind of matrixy, and they're going into different dimensions and pulling their powers out. And you know, this goes to your biblical view of like how how is all that character going to be judged by the same God? Yeah, uh, that makes it hard to wrap your head around. But so uh, I believe his name's uh, Jordy Rose. He had a the D Wave, this quantum computer, and was talking about they're creating it and they're able to access different used realities or dimensions and extract the sources from their resources from these dimensions. Yep. Uh, and I just find that fascinating of like, you know, what, what does that truly mean? And then as you watch that movie, like, so if like I woke up and my whole front yard was dug up because other universe, Brian wants, you know, whatever I have out here rocks or something like, what is this doing to the other universe? What are you actually extracting? Just fascinating. No things question. You can think about. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy named Cliff High. He created this spider that goes out and it like checks what people are talking about on the internet. He's a linguist and a programmer, and he created it to try to find out what stocks to buy in advance. And it actually worked. But when he got the data back, it was actually predicting events in the future. And he found out that humans are minorly clairvoyant. And I remember watching him's predictions. I remember one time he said, the, the data says that there's a lake in Peru that's going to empty out overnight. And I'm like, okay, we'll see what that happens. Like two months later, a lake in Peru emptied out overnight. I watched it happen. What is this guy's name? Cliff High. Does he uh, still put content out? Yeah, you can look him up. Oh, I have to look him up. That's good. And so, uh, John, I, this, this is coming off as a, as a hard ending here, but if you want to wrap up for one minute, and I definitely want you to plug your stuff. But uh, Okay, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, so I anyway, he, he basically proved to me that it is the D-Wave computer is causing it. But anyway, my book is available on Amazon in paperback and also an audio version. And uh, you can find it at wakeuporelse.com or you can go to Amazon. It's called the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. Awesome. I'll put your links in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love this conversation. This is great. If you ever want to come back, I'm, I'm doors always open. Uh, awesome. I think we have a lot more to cover with the Mandela effect. I just, the way the scheduling happened, I, I do have to cut and run. Yep. No but, problem, uh, man. I appreciate the time and I definitely am interested. I'll send you a link with my calendar. Go ahead and schedule me whenever you're ready. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, this is going to come up next week. So I'll just shoot you a note for all that and everything and we'll get it all up and running. But uh, I sincerely appreciate it. You take care. You have a happy new year and you keep doing what you're doing and let's, let's free some people. Awesome, man. You too, Brian. Appreciate right. it. Bye everybody. I'll talk to you. Take care. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. That was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date in all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guests. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time.